The main podcast is a free media source with a mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from our sponsors who cover all corners of the great state of Maine. Special thank you goes out to Treeline Cannabis, Planet Tim, Watered Roots, Rugged Roots, The Head of Yeti, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Canamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks & Co., Bade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com, and click our Sponsors tab. Today, another awesome episode of the Main Podcast, joined by your usual myself, Evan Headstash 207, and Carrie Klan 70. Today, our special guests are Mike and Emily from Maincraft Cannabis. How are y'all today? Great. Hello, we're doing good. And we were just we were shooting the shit a little bit before this um, about some funny topics, but normally we like to just kind of start off with a. Uh, with you guys giving us a little bit of background information on how you came into the cannabis scene or how, your first experience with cannabis. Yeah, sure. Um, Mike's looking at me, so I this guess... This is like I'll a take, trade I'll, story. I'll Everybody shares. <laughs> yeah, well, let me just... I don't know if your audience even knows who we are, so let me give a little little level set. Um, so we're Minecraft Cannabis. We are a, a family-owned medical marijuana business here in Maine, of course. Um, and when we started the company, we really just wanted to grow the kind of medicine that we wanted to consume. And what that meant for us was we wanted it to be grown organically in small batches. We wanted to maximize flavor. We wanted to maximize the medicinal value of the plant. Um, and we wanted to do that with a crap load of transparency and a lot of, you know, patient or consumer support. Cause we just felt like that was something that was sort of lacking in the industry at the time. Um, so here we are. And how did we get into this? Um, I think one of the things that probably makes us pretty unique compared to some of the other guests that you've had on is our backgrounds. Um, Mike and I both had careers in mechanical engineering um, before we got into cannabis. So we were sitting at cubicles in business casual, and now here we are. Well, I think that's kind of interesting, though, the transition from like an engineer in the, in like the nine to five to... Um, becoming a grower and business owner and whatnot. I feel like there are a couple others out there and being an there engineer are, is yes. an extremely uh, great thing to do nowadays. It's super versatile. What are some of the traits do you think that you've taken from becoming an engineer that were like super applicable to your first couple steps in building the main craft cannabis? <laughs> like yeah, Mike's welding. <laughs> <laughs> welding like a mofo, really. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll take that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, go for By it. By the way, very good answer. Oh, first thank question. you. Uh-huh. Nailed it. Um, yeah, the engineering crossover, there's way more than I thought. That, that's actually how we got involved in this in the beginning is um, I was working with another guy and I kind of helped him pick out some lights and stuff. Um, and that's when I realized like the engineering side of it, it's like a systems dynamics problem. There's like all of these systems working together and I was not into plants, I wasn't into any of that. Um, but it was really like a complex problem that was super cool and interesting. I always liked weed. 
and then we just sort of started doing it, and then it just took over our whole lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, to, sorry, go ahead. Well, what? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go with it because. Yeah, I, I was. I was going to go back to Evan's actual question, which was how we got into this. So back in 2014, 2015, um, we were living in Boston because that's where our jobs were, and we sort of decided like we're living here because of our jobs and we're trying to leave every weekend. Let's figure out where we want to live and build a life there. And I'm from Maine originally, so that was kind of a, you know. Southern <laughs> Maine or Northern Maine? Uh, I was originally? actually born in Lewiston, but I grew up in Portland. Nice. Um, and, you know, moved away for college and just, it took me 15 years to find my way back. But we moved to Maine. Uh, my family is still here. And the goal was to Are they like, still in the Lewiston area? They're in Portland. Oh, they are? Um, yeah, and they actually, they live up in Carabasa Valley, too. I spent a lot of time around Sugarloaf. Um, so, Love that area. It's beautiful up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just there a few weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, we just decided we wanted to, like, not work for large corporations. We wanted to live somewhere and, like, contribute to the community. And so we moved to Maine not really with a, a plan. Um, I was able to keep my yeah, engineering no job plan. in Boston. And, um, and Mike, start, you want to... No plan at all. The plan was Not to get really. the hell out of Cambridge. <laughs> and you knew that this was an so, attractive enough area well, I mean, for that? She grew up here. We, we spent so much time up here, and we just wanted to... So we were just looking for somewhere to go that was somewhere we wanted to be, and that was, you know, we decided the Portland area. Um, so I was like, Mike, figure out a business we can build, and I'll keep my job, and then I'll quit my job and join your business. Yeah, so she could... <laughs> right, okay, yeah. She could uh, work remotely from her job. So yep. we moved here and kept one of the jobs. <laughs> and yep. then I ended up, uh, I wanted to flip houses, believe it or not, which is embarrassing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> How many houses did you try? I, or, worked, on, I worked on one with, you another, did. with another guy. It's How long really, of a wow, process wow. was it? <laughs> it's so hard to do. It is, like, isn't it? It's, you can't find good properties is really the main thing. You're um, sold that it's easy to make money that way too, aren't you? In the absolutely. sense, I've had plenty of people yeah. talk me into or or mention something about flip homes. Flip it's homes tough. It's well, a lot of risk and it's a lot of hard work. And you like, have to understand the real estate of the area too, though, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the way to make good margins on flipping houses is to do it inexpensively and cut corners, and that was so not well suited to how Michael <laughs> is. You know, like no. <laughs> what was happening? What kind of materials were you using? Well, just in, in hindsight, Pushing? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm not good at, you know, doing the quick and easy stuff. I just go all the way in and just do all of the things. And um, it's not like, you're not going to get through a project quickly and efficiently in a way that you can sell it for, with a profit doing that sort <laughs> so of thing. So somebody needed to keep you in check or in line in that way. Yeah. So I ended up getting my real estate license. Oh, you did? Working with other flippers yep. and, and, you know, not just, not just flippers as well. Um, and yeah. So, so Mike dabbled in a few different yeah, careers in Maine. Uh, he was going to work at a brewery at one point, <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, be a brewer. And then, uh, no joke, we went to the Homegrown Expo in Augusta. Yeah. I was like pretty interested in cannabis at the time. Mike was always, always had been interested in cannabis. And I was like, let's just go see what that expo is all about. We didn't really know anybody here. We didn't have anything going on. And we walked, so first of all, the first people we met at the expo were engineers from our undergrad school who had designed, <laughs> oh, wow. like, an extraction oh, wow. machine. Mm -hmm. And we were like, holy shit, other engineers, like, are we in the right place? <laughs> and I um, decarboxylation. We said that, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> once we, we knew nothing. Like, I'm not joking about how how little we knew about the industry. But we walked away that day understanding a couple things. One of them was cannabis medicine is not a joke. This is a real thing that's really helping mm. people. And I'm a little ashamed of how little I really understood that before we got into the industry. Really? Um, and then the other thing was just the fact that this is a 
this is a happening thing in Maine. There are interesting technical problems to be solved in this industry. And we drove home that day and we're like, we're going to try to figure out how to get involved Let's in the Let's move our lives industry. in that direction. Yeah. There were a lot of people who were ready for that move uh, in 2018. And yet uh, there are very few who I know who actually kind of really started it in 2018 and have progressed as far as yeah. you guys have in such a short period of time. Well, thank There's you. a lot that you needed yeah. to, to figure out in a, in a heartbeat. It hasn't really. Been, it hasn't been easy. Oh, no. Uh, I know. I've looked. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> issues it. upon issues, but in such a compact but shared way. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So we signed the lease in, in 2018. Um, and then kind of before that, I had sort of like helped out uh, a friend and gotten like, you know, looking at the lights. And Did stuff you get like more that. into mechanical? That's what I was going to ask you earlier. Did you get into more of the mechanical? Like, okay, well, these are how rooms are designed. And that maybe was, I can start offering that, that was as right, a that's service. What I, that's what I was almost thinking I thought you too. were going to go in that direction. No, no, I wasn't thinking about offering it as a service, but it was something like, okay, I can contribute in this way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know shit about plants, but I'm pretty good with like looking at specs and doing math and HVAC calculations and that sort of stuff. So that was sort of my original idea. But the thought never crossed your mind to maybe, have you, or it could still be there, like developing something or Sysics. Uh, I think yeah. like it's a very engineer do, type thing to like. Well, now I do it every day at my own, at my own place. Yeah. So then, um, you know, with the guy that we got started with, like he's not with us anymore <laughs> and he's, you know. It just didn't work out. It was, he's, he's still as a good friend. As far as him. a partnership or as a, in, in the cultivation as well? Yeah, or yeah. Or was it so, somebody like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was sort of going to be doing the majority of the cultivation. Yep. And, you know, it was my license. And he was like, I don't know what you'd call it, like a consultant sort of situation. Sure. Yeah, actually, I think we should back up a second, though. Okay. Because, um, so Evan asked a good question. Like, we... <clears throat> I don't think we decided we want to start growing. Like being cultivators wasn't necessarily the goal at the beginning, just because we didn't have experience in that area. No, but partnering up with somebody who did, well, right? right. And, where and you can we, offer what you have. And yeah. we figured it yeah. was just a way to learn the industry from the ground up. Like if you can't cultivate and if you don't know what goes on in cultivation, like that's how you're going to get ideas for things you could engineer, things you could design. So to us, that was just like, this really makes sense as a starting point. Did we think that we were going to, own a cannabis cultivation company at that point? Hells no. No, yeah, probably the, not. The plan was not supposed to be that I was going to be like a cultivation guy. It just kind of ended up that way and, you know, had to step in and... Yeah, um, so, so when we sink started... Or sink or swim. You know, at that point, you're, you're in. <laughs> so uh, when we started, our, yeah, you are. our partner was going to handle cultivation and Mike was going to do, like, facility... Yeah, and I was facility like, management, and I was gonna sense. like do the Instagram. Yeah, or I was something. gonna, I was gonna help with the cultivation. Oh sure, I yeah. Wasn't the guy you weren't gonna like, be the lead dog. No, I didn't know anything about plants. I really didn't. So the partner did. Uh, did the partner were you able to observe or share or get enough of an apprenticeship to get that base? Yeah. And now though, there's somebody else in the garden as well now, right? No. Uh, we just we have a few employees, but as far as cultivation and everything, that's basically just me. Yeah, oh, it like, is. Like essentially our. The way that our partner wanted to do things and, you know, the expectations that we had for what we wanted to produce as a business, it just wasn't in line. Like, we just didn't have the same vision. Um, so, like, Michael just sort of started to learn everything he could, and we had a lot of good partners, like consultants and people we worked with along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I would think, I, I would think you'd have to, because there were a lot of different things you were encountering in the cultivation and things you weren't probably never seeing in your life before Correct. or unless did you have a garden or, or had you been no yeah what just wasn't in the cards i wasn't no. going to be part of the, the whole plan. thing about like 
great it's, time it's, and let you survive this a, long in the in the in the in your garden. It's been an insane change. That's crazy. To, like, That's great. It, it's a little in, insane. Sorry. Be involved in plants and like actually be interested in the idea that like everything comes from plants. Like mm-hmm. like it, it's a weird it has thing. Has to be the as, start as, point. Yeah, as an engineer, it's like I just never really thought about where my food comes from in that mm-hmm. sort of a way. I always like you know bought organic food and that sort of stuff. But like this connection, like. Plants literally take elements out of the soil, make living tissue, and then plants eat that, and then or, or animals eat the plants. And then it's like the whole food chain, like the whole thing kind of came together for me in a way that was really surprising. I didn't think I would get into it the way I did. When did you have that? When, when did you feel that? Like, what, was, was there a moment in, do you remember that yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you so must. There was a podcast, there was a podcast. What was? <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, it was the um, Tad Hussey's podcast, the... I don't even know the full name. Kiss, cannabis. Ki- Kiss Organic Science. Cannabis. Cannabis yeah. Science and Cultivation Podcast. podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where and is that based out of? He's based out of Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And um, he was just talking, because we always wanted to grow in living soil, and I remember like, not really understanding what that was and just like dove into that, and I just think it's super interesting. I was listening. You had the Living Matter guy on. Yeah, recently, or yeah. Uh, it dropped uh, recently. It was really kind of the first to true exposure i think we got evan would i be right about that the uh which one with uh with travis about um a living soil oh yeah no yeah for sure i thought you meant like podcast i was like well like i mean i thought the other ones did good too <laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah, no, we did. <laughs> I was like i mean i don't think kind of throw me under the bus there well, no, no, yeah, no for, part, for living soil yeah, yeah absolutely right. travis brought a lot of legitness <clears> to it too um and he gave a lot of respect to uh i want to say his name was derek that you know really gave him a lot of the tools but you know, to bring it back to what Mike was saying, I feel like there's a lot of uh, so much information out there now that you can really do a lot of stuff if you just, you know, if you have a, a willingness to put some time behind it. Like you talk about your love for podcasts that I assume now to this day, you know, there's so much there's so much you can learn from that, you know, and the Internet and Instagram allows for networking. So it's a pretty cool story to see how far you all have come from really just taking, you know, life lessons as far as your, what you've gained from being an engineer and applying it to you know, yeah. this, the new industry, you and know, the, learning something new. The part that I think that really sucked me in, it's like, it's your constantly problem solving and like the, the puzzles aspect of it. And I think that's like, as a, as a real estate agent, I don't think that really fit my really deep interest. Like as a cultivator, you're always learning. You're always like, what's going on with this thing? What can I, can I experiment with this? And um, it's just a puzzle. Every do you day. do it? Um, do you, when you change variables, uh, do you try to stick to one variable at a time to see how it's uh, how it reacts in the environment? Yeah, I'm always. Is doing that the testing. best choice? Yeah. So, like right now in my flower room, I have um, four separate carts, uh, pods, about one yep. yard of soil with like four plants in it. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of those, which means I how can long are the carts? Uh, eight uh, feet. Eight feet. Yeah. Okay. About and the width? And, two and a half feet wide. That's in, in in the original flower room. They were eight feet by about two and a half. Okay. Um, and in the new one, they're 18 feet by four feet. Those were the ones I was talking about because <laughs> um, I was like eight feet. That seems awfully big on the camera. Yeah, those IG are does work great. <laughs> Wide angle You're lens. nailing that. Everything's <laughs> actually a miniature behind you. It's, like, it's harder to do testing in that room. In, in my older room, because I have four plants, I basically have 18 beds in there. So I like to do tests that are genetic specific. So, you know, like on, on the Sunday driver, I have four of those. You grow a lot of that. So. I have two beds, which are my control, and then in one bed I'm doing a micronutrient test, and another one I'm doing like a little bit of extra nitrogen, yep. trying to you know test if we can bump that up a little bit at different stages and stuff. So I'm always kind of testing, but against a against a control. 
what is it you're trying? Is it is it about growing just to keep it healthy? Are you trying, or are there ways to grow it? Things you can add into the soil that are going to change the reaction of the plant in a in a more in various ways that you end up liking. Maybe it's bud density size. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, different, it's definitely maybe it's density, coloration. It's well, coloration is more color uh, timing, yeah. temperature and time, if I'm not mistaken, depending on the phenomes. But yeah. do you have four phenomes of Sunday Driver? No, no, they're all no, the same. No, they're all the same. They're okay, like, that's why I can test on them because I have. Yep. You know, it's tough to test like one plant versus one other plant. It's like you know, sometimes just one plant's not doing as good as the other. So when you have four of this one and four of that one, and you're doing a test, you get a little bit more, you know, information as how the group of them does. Mm. Yeah, a larger a larger pull uh, mm-hmm. from what you could get. Yep. Sure. Yep. A more statistical. Yeah. Mm. So so we so we signed our lease. It'll be like three years next month, I think. And yeah. how new we are to the industry is something that we've never actively hidden because that's not right. who we are. Oh no no but it's, right. It's something that was definitely working against us. Like the mm-hmm. perception in the industry is that if you've been growing a long time, you know you're. Like, you just can't be good at growing if you're new. And I'm not saying, you know, we're still learning every day. What? Right. Like, smiling. No, no, I raised my hand. I was like... Oh, oh, go, go ahead. Um, but, well, but we've gotten more and more comfortable over time, like, just sort of putting that out there. Because, you know, at this point, we're pretty well established. And we have a patient base of people that love our products. Absolutely. So it's less yeah. intimidating than it used to be, but it still feels really vulnerable to come on here. And a lot of people, a lot of people, even though they might have come out as different names, they knew each other and they were working together together already or, or had worked with other people. Right. So in some ways, I, I don't want to say clicks, but, but it w- it worked with, yeah. it was an industry that was best. You kept it to who you knew. And so yeah. now, now it has opened yeah. up. And so, and but you lost, were using we a lot of West coast influence too. We right? lost that in 2018. So yeah. that's why we really needed to kind of do our branding to be able to basically survive a part you know, he's not in the state anymore and, you know, we really needed to. We um, didn't have any connections. We didn't, no. we didn't know anyone. It's right when the, the law changes came into play, and if that hadn't if that hadn't happened, and like I remember seeing on my phone, like the first time we had a jar of our product, there was no brand, there was no nothing. It was like our weed was in a jar at True Blooms and in Farmingdale. And it was <laughs> we were so amazing. excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That moment. That's what it had been worked for. Yeah. Yeah. And those rule changes really enabled us to survive. If those rule changes hadn't come along, we 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 wouldn't. Uh, been able to um, stay alive as a business. No, I remember having worked over at Sensimil in 2018 as well. When we first opened up, it was September. And before it took till the spring the next year before it was like when when things opened up that it felt like, okay, this has got a shot. You right. know, before that, there were weeks that weren't pretty. No, you no, know, really? there wasn't a lot of business coming in there. No, prices weren't doing no, very nobody good. knew. Was... But I don't think patients knew who to trust yet mm, either. Yeah, and that trust level, and 100%. or, and then uh, identifying weed maps very much worked in favor too. It has worked, and people are going to go and find you if it feels like it. It looks right on weed maps or or good reviews or that client base. And, right, and mm-hmm. then they know to check. Most of them know to be on Instagram. Well. I shouldn't say that. I think the massive group use weed maps, don't they? Yeah, For I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would see it that way. It's it's pretty. You guys talked about signing a lease, and I think a lot of people don't realize it. It's quite intimidating to do something because, like, you're now also dumping money into the space. Do you guys want to talk about a little bit of that process? I feel like that's something that's always 
kind of just forgotten about is like the, the initial getting into a space and what really has to be done and like some of the improvements or maybe the things that you have to do to really get your space up and going. Yeah, it's a... Uh it's not what it looks like when you when you do the business model out and you write down what's supposed to happen like just assume none of that is actually going to happen it's going to cost way more it's going to cost right? twice Nothing's as much gonna, yeah it's just so hard um and we i mean we're honest about the fact that we had no idea what we were getting into if i had if we had known how hard it would be to do what we did we probably would have never no, I, tried would you have gone into extraction only I, I, I don't were know. you were you thinking about going into extraction after it would that? Would make I, sense as an engineer. Honestly. Yeah, 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 I would have thought so too. That yes, was def- that was definitely something I was interested in, and this opportunity sort of presented itself to us, and we were like, "Fuck it, let's just do it. Just do it. Just do it." It's like you know, it's forty five minutes away from our house, and I was gonna have to go up a few times a week and like help out. And, uh, <laughs> Being married to it, though, that's the proving ground, isn't it? I yeah. mean, in the sense where where you're willing to now, you're oh, willing yeah. to be There's a no. part of that. And it's something I on all levels. I struggled with a lot at the beginning because Mike was just married to the place, and he never came home, and I didn't understand. And now, like being in this industry, I understand that that's what <clears throat> cannabis cultivation is. It's so like, hard to get off the ground. It really is. I think one of the things that we had that was just we're fortunate to have is that Emily still had a job. Yeah. Um, a regular job. And yep. for a long time, it's like we were covering gaps using her income to keep us, you know, we were loading, dumping all my money, all the money, like the income into the business yeah. because it just kept costing more. Yep. Right. And then, you know, when rule changes came along and we could get in stores and we started having a brand show up and, you know, people started liking our product. Like a stone. Thanks for listening to the main podcast. Uh, this is our spotlight on a sponsor segment. So I want to talk about Humble Family Farms. Just opened up a store a little while ago in the Auburn area, right on Center Street. Uh, if you know the area, it's right near the Grove Depot. It ain't that tough. I mean, use Google Maps if you need to. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. Great store, great product. He's been putting together quite a menu. Their in-house stuff is fire. It's got some nice gassy, gassy flavors, profiles. Uh, New England Dabs is the uh, head grower over there, and he, he's been nailing it for quite some time, really getting an understanding of rooms, environments, and he's overseeing the gardens, and, and it's a great starting point. You always want to have good flowers. Start your store. Makes people venture to your house, you know, they have a lot of different choices. You want them going to your house. That's what Humble Family Farms has. People going to their house. And that store and the friendly staff, people there. I, I remember back in, uh, I want to say it was 2018 is when uh, Doc and I were from time to time able to party together. Different shigdinks were going on and, and I was just getting to know him. And, and uh, we... Uh, we had some really good talks. There was a party down in the Portland area we had, went to. Just, uh, I've always really enjoyed talking to him. Had him on the podcast, too, Humble Family Farms. Really fun episode, great episode. Got a, a little bit uh, on the wax side towards the end, but uh, that can happen in episodes from time to time, you know? That's what it's all about. Doc's always been good to me. He's always been somebody who I can talk to, and, and I feel like I'm the same with him, so we stay in touch. And, and I think uh, what happens in the industry is fascinating for both of us to watch and to be a part of. The family's doing well out there. This was a year where you had to turn internal and you had to, you had to focus on what your home was going to be about. 
and uh, they've got a loving big family out there and, and good people who are, are finding finding their way in the land and bring about their they're living as one with the earth or they're, or they're working their area one as the earth and they did a party out in I want to say it was the fall fest humble family farms out with demons motorbikes and that was a great thing to see this year I hadn't seen anything like that whatsoever I mean, it, it wasn't a year for it, but yet there were a lot of people out there, good friends, a lot of visitors, and, and just a really cool vibe, a, a good meshing of two different worlds with the motocross and the cannabis world, and everybody really enjoyed it. I was only there for a couple hours, but it is what it is sometimes, you know? I want to thank you, Doc, for what you do for the main medical cannabis community and the cannabis community in general. We need people like you. We need those who inspire us, have a good conversation, and can also be pretty funny as shit. Take care of you and your family. Thank you, Humble Family Farms. Everybody's 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 talking at me. So, so yeah, let's paint this picture for Evan. So let's we sign start. our lease yeah. and we've got three rooms. But one of them doesn't have a floor. So we have two rooms. <laughs> well, it had a floor. The floor collapsed. The floor collapsed. Um, so we start popping seeds in what is now the flower room, but was then the bedroom. Um, well, we rebuild the floor. Um, and then we have this picture of Mike standing in front of like hundreds of solo cups on the floor <laughs> with the lights. And we're like, look at us, we're growing we weed. like 500 <laughs> seeds. Oh my. <laughs> Were they feminized or regular no, at the they time? Were regs, yeah. They were regs. Yeah. 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 How trusting was that, knowing? Oh my God, five hundred. <laughs> I had no idea. I just no idea. I, it I seems remember. like a good idea, doesn't it? Tell me more. How did <laughs> it go? Moment, How did yeah. it go? At, at one point, I put the <laughs> that lid must have back been a trip. on. I put the lid on the seedlings, and I like chopped one of its heads off, and I was like. I killed one of the plants. And, and like, it's just so funny. Because none of them are going to die. Right. That's what you're thinking. It's just too. so funny to look back at like my perspective. I don't know about you. Like how I saw everything at that point in time and how different it is and now. And I it's just, so exciting though. It's so yeah. exciting. When you're popping them but all. I'm like, it just I'm like, makes I'm thinking. It makes me feel so new now. A little like, naive Emily. We just, <laughs> you know, like they look back a few years ago and what we were doing, I'm just like, how fucking stupid were we to think we like knew what we were doing, doing any of this stuff. And, um, you know, even today it's like, like coming on this podcast, like it's really intimidating because there's so many great growers in Maine and the other people we've had on True. this podcast, it's like, we're sort of, you know, connected with and part of a community that really has an amazing system and, and amazing roots. history. Yeah. And like, we're just like these people are like, oh, can, we, can we be friends? You know? it's, like, <laughs> so, just, it's so lucky to be part of it. Y'all yeah. been pretty well received though. It seems, I think it has been between the conjunction of how you put yourself out there as far as a brand and obviously been pretty inventive, I think on like just the presentation on stuff, which is super important in the industry that I feel like, very mylar bag, you know, dependent in a sense. Like I like you to use that, like to use that example, like because a lot of them are right. very the same, you know. Yeah, well, we, you know, our our newness, let's call it, could be a weakness, but we've tried to use it as a strength. Yeah. Like we've right. tried to just everything that I makes that. us different. Yeah. It's Fresh like approach. let's bring that in because other people aren't doing that, mm -hmm. and like sure, maybe we don't have the background to, you know. 
No, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe. We but you're can. willing to. Yeah, it's those you're ideas that will get tossed that. out because other people will be like, "Oh no, you can't do that in the cannabis industry." It's, it's also, like bringing those ideas and be like, "Well, let's try it and see how it works." It's also a good yeah, exactly. time to learn things. Like the opportunity to start really trying to figure this stuff out when we did. Information was so much more available. I remember back in the day, like trying. You know, a friend's got spider mites or he's got bugs. He doesn't know what the fuck they are. No, like, you got a lot of different stories. Like the information you had available and like yeah. the Rosenthal, like I read the Rosenthal book now and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the ability Because to, the game's changed that much, hasn't it? No, I think a lot of this stuff. Or it's just uh, a consistent. The, the knowledge base of like, you know, how to run your room and stuff like that is, is just different. It's like when all you have is a forum or, or one or two buddies that know something yeah. It's so much harder now. Gross it's science. like, yeah, like mm -hmm. I have an aphid problem. I'm going to call up, uh, you know, Suzanne, an entomologist who's been studying a whole life on bugs and tell her I'd like to pay her for her help dealing with my pest issue. Like the opportunity to learn then is, is a huge advantage compared to trying to figure out something when all you have is like a couple other people that have grew weed once. So yeah. I, I watched that, if I can speak on that, your aphid story. Uh, oh, and yeah. I found Thanks. it really interesting. Uh, I found so it really interesting. interesting. I feel like it should come from you guys, but 125 degrees mm. and throwing them all in there. Now, I, you, yes. there was a moment that you mentioned uh, in talking about it that, God, that, that I don't know if I needed to bring this hell and, and brimstone sort of effect. You didn't, <laughs> might not have said it quite like that, but there was an alternative remedy that you maybe had heard of after or no was that the only path you could take i, I didn't know if so, you were i didn't know if you were hinting that well there could have been a different way we could have handled that uh but but not oh you can, in hindsight you can spray pesticides that are really oh is effective. that what it would have been yeah that would have been I, the I alternative i'm not sure what i'm what i'm what you're referring so, hold to on, but hold that on. would be no something. you did say nuke uh, I think, right? Okay, I don't right, know. Right. Oh, so what Carrie's referring to, first of all, is we did an Instagram TV sure. where we spent like an hour talking about when we got cannabis aphids and everything right. we did. And it took me like a year to convince Michael to, Talk put, about to it. put that out there. But like we felt like it was important to do. Well, mm -hmm. um, honestly, because like, like, like the, even the way you said it, like I think there's a lot of skepticism. Like I know how dumb it is to put to put my plants through that. Um, but, when, but not when really. I would have word, never imagined that. But the word right. nuke, I, I think we were just talking about like, we want to up. bomb the place and make oh. it hot as hell to get right, everything. Right, right. That, yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing that we did consider was just scraping the room, you know, and, and our is, is just basically starting over to get rid of it. Um, I've heard of, a, yeah, that's usually one of the only other options you would have had. So you had us, to take an extreme measure to, to time, take a chance and not lose it all. That would essentially put us out of it. Like to do that at right. that time. Yeah, that, that wasn't an out. option. Right. We didn't, have, we didn't have the right. funds. Would we be, wouldn't have survived. Be like, we're out. Who, um, you it, it, was it Sage Farms? Sage, Sage Burning Bush? Sage. Burning Sage, who recommended this? Oh, no, no. It was uh, no, Dragon, Dragon, Dragonfly. Dragonfly Earth Medicine. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I apologize. Yes. And she didn't recommend it. She just said... It well, it's possible. an option. It's yes. an option. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've done more playing with that because it's really good for uh, disease issues as well. Like powdery mildew hates that sort of heat. That was one mm. of the best things that happened after that. Like PM was like non-present for me ever for like nine, ten months. Nothing. <laughs> that's um, and now that's so controllable that, within, the, within the soil or, or different things that you can do within the soil to minimize it as well? So the, the root temperature for the, for the heat? Yeah. Uh, if you keep your... The beds were really a saving grace. And I think we only had a few at the yeah. time. I think we had large pots. 
but I definitely noticed anything in a large pot where the root zone, and I was in there watering with like cold water all the time, like ice cold water, just to try to keep the plants healthy, but it was the smallest plants in the smallest pots where they got warm. Suffered the most. A hundred percent. So the root zones, and now kind I've of done take testing that as with a it. trade-off. Yeah, if you throw a thermometer in your, in your soil and you bring your room up to 125, your, t- your soil goes up barely at all. If you go a few inches down, it's like two degrees up. And you uh, did it for about two and a, two, a little two over two hours? Two hours over, you know, my, my goal was to keep it over 120 or basically hot enough until bugs died. But I, it ended up being 120 for two hours and the peak temperature was 125. Yeah, and these aren't root aphids. Just nope. These right. are right. the other aphids. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work on root aphids, I don't mm-hmm. think, at all. You'd kill the flyers. You'd kill anybody out of the soil, but anybody in the soil would But every fly. single one of those traumatic experiences that could have put us out of business we've learned a shitload from like you know you get enough of those under your belt and you start to feel like that's what it is you almost gotta take the punches to get there right yeah Yeah, and then you take another punch and you're like i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) in any one of them it's like you know there's the feeling like how are you gonna get through this and i think every other grower that's survived this long not even that we've been doing it that long, but it's like resiliency yeah. is probably mm-hmm. the most impressive thing too. And 100%. and and it, and it, I mean, there are situations that can be a little overwhelming for anybody at any scale. So you never really want to hope that you encounter those. But but the truth of the matter, to get to the learning curve, you almost have you're almost always a crop away at some point before before it either turns or you say, I used to grow. But, yeah. you know, and, 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 and it happens to a lot of people. The, the beauty is that I think those who get to that point treasure it and understand it to a great, greater degree. Yeah. And so you know to play within your means My, and to do you know, what, what, I like to say what is can be possible. Somebody else has made it through this before. Like when you have something going on, like let's say you got an aphid or, you know, whatever the hell is going on. You got a bunch of herms, you see the Oh, crop. sure, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, how do, how do people handle this? I'm not the first one to go through this. People do ride this out. What are we going to do? What's the plan? And, you know, try to be, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, like unemotional. Like what do we do? What do we put in place right now Yeah, right. to react to this? And then the aphid thing too, like reacting to that really quickly. I think that was also key. Like if I dilly dallied and be like, yeah, pretty much after you recognized it and realized you had it, you, you acted, but you had guessed that they had existed about, was it three weeks in before, before notice, something like that, two to three weeks. We we tried to back it out. I worked with um, Suzanne Wainwright on it and like, you know, because I, w- I wanted to know, like, how what's the most likely sort? To come yeah, where did this come from? A person, yep. plant, like, how did this potentially get in here? Uh, and how long has it been here? And it, it, she was like, it, it's pretty much impossible to know. But if they're if they're isolated, you can assume they haven't been there that long. So um, you know, I think they came in through one of my workers that had plants, outdoor plants, and he had some plants from another grower. Mm. So yeah, uh, we, we did institute a you can't have a home grow policy, which is like painful that is painful yeah i know but it's so much of a risk to we give a good employee discount yeah there we go yeah there we go okay it's worth it it's not but it's something um but it's too much of a risk because that could have put us out of business no sure you know yeah you never know where that comes from and i mean a lot of growers will say don't go into this space or you can't you know you're not allowed past this door for, for most people in general, yeah. and very only select few people should and could be in your 
any right. kind of spaces there too. That is one of the Be- benefits for that of, reason. of growing organically is I think we're a little more robust to, you know, we have beneficial insects, we have um, an ecosystem in there. So it's not like a clean room. Like that's not how we, we run our grow. Maya saying everything that's true. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. true. We definitely don't have a clean room grow. We, we, we try to keep it as clean as we can, but I mean, we have fungus and bacteria all in our soil. Like we're not going to have a sterile environment ever. You had a little moss going on there. Did it look that. like that? <laughs> well, are you excited about that? I, it's a, honestly like someone commented on it. It's sort of irrelevant. I don't. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I I think the first few times I saw it, I was like, "What is that? Like, <laughs> what's going on there? Like it doesn't look." I didn't try to do that. Um, and now it's like you know some beds tend to have a little bit more than others, and yeah. I, I haven't ever seen it correlate with any plant issues ever. So I just sort of ignore it now. No. Yeah. So we yeah. started in our little two. Good. We yeah. started in our little two Stuff rooms. Growing is good. It's true. It's I'm gonna, are growing. That's good. I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick, just so Evan knows. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So we started in our little two room place with no floor in the third room, and then like for the next, I think how long do you think the initial build up? Like, because we were cultivating in the space and running a business and trying to like do our build out, which was a nightmare. What was the question? How long do you think it took until we were like done with the first build out? Completely? Maybe it was never complete. <laughs> there was never a line right. where we were like, okay, we're done here. So, but, um, but for like the next year, we were like just pushing, 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 <laughs> yeah. trying to like, you know, do the build out. And then yeah. for. I we remember had, we started in the flower room and, you know, we used it as a bedroom initially. We started in uh, the big room, I guess, and we vegged the plants in there. And then it was, we needed the bedroom done in time that we could split the crops and put one into flower and put half back into the, into the other room, into the bedroom, um, and then sex them and do all that. So, you know, it was sort of like, let's finish the flower room. And we got that running. And then it was like, oh, fuck, the floor collapsed in the other room. So we waited for the landlord to repair that. And then we had to, like, do the build out in there real quick um, and get that going. And then we changed control systems. We changed, like, Yeah, it's just been nonstop upgrading. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as we got pretty stable and all that, then we decided we wanted to do another room. So yeah, build so starts we, over. <laughs> we were talking before we started recording. Um a unit in our building became available. I think it was beginning of the summer. Um, and we kind of had this moment where we're like, our plan was never to double down in medical, but the town that our facility is in is only zoned for uh, medical. So we're like, we have this opportunity to like get up and running pretty quickly and double our square footage. Mm-hmm. Um, or we're going to wait and we're going to go adult use. And at the time, the, the medical market was so strong. We were so happy to be in the medical market. Like, we love working with the stores we work with. It's just, like, it's a good scene. So we just mm-hmm. we decided right, sure. to to double down and get more medical space, and we just finished that build-out. The build-out's crazy, though. Like, what you're talking about, it's like, because it's not just about, it, it. there's so many moving parts to it. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, the timing's got to be right, and then you're like, well, I got to get the plants the right size, and well, who the fuck knows that these plants are going to grow to that size in that time period. And then so where like, do you grow Oh, the we're plants? talking about big veg plants, are we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, where do we grow, where do we, where do we veg them? So, yeah. you know, it's like. I could like my old bedroom now. I actually have like a dedicated drying and trimming space now. I used to kind of like, you know, have a space in my middle room where I do drying, and then when that was done, I'd have the trimmers come in. It's like it's just small, small space. Um, and now I have an area that we can just have trimmers come and just hang out and put a table up for them. And then things I'm not become like, a little bit more modified like as walking. time we goes on, like right? A real business. Yeah, now. I used to go that the trimmers in there. Sheetrock like that we didn't decorate. Well, them. that became something. There's some things, walls <laughs> yeah. around it now, and yeah. 
It happens. It's great. It's it's great to see the business evolved like that. You started off at a point where you didn't know anybody out there. And so you knew the people at Green Thumb, right? Or or did you? Was yeah. that a cold call kind of, hey, at, we've got some True product. Blooms? Is that, is oh, that True Blooms? Oh, True Blooms. Yeah, how did we know? I think we knew the guys at True Blooms just through a friend or something. Yeah, it was, it was through Tim. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, And they were just friendly guys and, you know, we'd stop in there and chat and stuff so they were yeah my so former but, my former partner knew them and oh, I, okay. I sort of like met them a few times and then i went down and was like but did you huff it did you go to the stores after that no. or how did it happen so we kind of understood that because we didn't have these connections we really needed to have good branding and that was part of our vision for the company from the beginning you know like coming from the outside and we can get into this later but like i'm kind of a new stoner like i have I, I don't. We should get into. I, that I didn't now. relate Let's to. Talk about that. I didn't now. relate. So yeah, I, I just started consuming cannabis maybe for. It was after we moved to Maine. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to moving yeah. to Maine, I had always. I'm a I'm a high strung type A, so I was like I probably need some weed. Um, but every time I'd smoke, I think it was just a little too much, and I didn't enjoy it, and I would get paranoid, and I would just wait for the experience to end. Yeah right. So every three years, I'd try it, and I didn't like it. Um, and it wasn't until we moved to Maine and we had a lot of friends who smoked weed. Not a lot of our friends in Boston did. I don't know why. Um, I started having access to edibles. And that mm. was a game changer because I could take these little yeah. cookies and I could cut them into four. Yeah. And I could like eat a little quarter of a cookie. Were they can of butter uh, edibles? I think at the so. Time? They were Probably. homemade. Yeah, yeah right, it was right. just like yeah, somebody's. Just sure. A throw yeah. together. One yeah. of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't even know. Like, I shouldn't call it a throw together. There was some really came. good. We ones had, being made. We had no idea what we were doing. No. I didn't know what the <laughs> they were dosage. Sort of I knew the dosage was right. a quarter cookie. That's all I knew, you know. Um, and the first. Did you do half? Half? Did you eat half instead? I ate a quarter. Oh, you did. Oh, eat yeah. A quarter. I did. Like, okay. Just eat an ear. Yes, <laughs> but the first time I had a good experience getting high, I was just like. Why would I not want to do this all the time? <laughs> this is so much better yeah. than not being high. And I struggled with depression. I actually think it's kind of interesting. A lot of the people on your podcast mention that. Yeah, they right. do. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, there's medicinal benefits. Like I was sleeping for the first time in my life really well. But even just like having an opportunity to not be bogged down by like feeling like shit and just have fun and laugh. Like that's a medicinal benefit. It really is. Mm -hmm. So I just started being like, this is the best thing ever. And I'm going to figure out how to use it. And that's actually a lot of like, you know, our company does a lot of stuff with usability and like trying to coach people through using the cannabis. And most of that just comes from me and the experiments I've done on myself and like figuring, like when I started smoking, I didn't even know how to inhale. Like that's so embarrassing, but I'm not <laughs> even Carrie still doesn't know how to <laughs> I was going to say. I'll show you. The other day she comes in, she's like, you know what, if I inhale and I... Like, well, like way down in there, it's like even better. I'm like, I've been trying to tell you this is so long. <laughs> yeah, the deep, right, the further. Yeah, so, yeah, having never inhale. smoked, though, sure. Yeah. Right. Do you think right. So. part of, like, being so open and honest about where you are in your journey with cannabis has been maybe the reason that it's been so reciprocated by the patients and people in the community? Like, even just making comments and accepting, like, the fact of, like, oh, I didn't even know how to inhale and, like, accepting some of the things like the aphids and whatnot feels like, there's a lot of superficial behaviors of other people that turn consumers away. Like, you know, that you're honest about it. You approach the situation head on. It's very human like, you know? Yeah. I think in some of that honestly is like, it, it's the way we are anyway, but it, it's more of a decision like, okay, what are we choosing to put out there through you 
you know, mainly Instagram. It's like, what do we want to show? And at the end of the day, like the people I follow and the people that I want to, uh, the content I want to see is, is their real content. So those mm-hmm. are the people that I want to follow. So that's, um, it's informational, not, it's not educational. In my, yeah. It's not in my nature to be one of those people to really share a lot. I just don't have like a desire to be a really out there as a, as a person. But I think, you know, it, I also just have this desire for like, I'd argue, I differ I with you on that because you're more outspoken than a lot of people who, have she makes been me around. She's, she's like, yeah, so but you feel a, like a willing, a willing accomplice to it. I just believe it. to a I certain degree, at least. True. Actually, Am I right? he doesn't, but he's always happy with how it comes out, and he kind of trusts that. Like, if I say this is good, you have good things to say about this. Yeah. Like, just try it, and we don't have to post it if you don't like it. Yeah, right. like usually, like <laughs> some of the outtakes or some of we don't post. It's just like us fighting. Where I'm like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> 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 it's like it's it's hard to to put yourself out there it really is yeah um but yeah. i think it's like really valuable and and the reason i like doing it and i'm willing to sort of like push myself on it and I, more than you'd probably realize it's like you know it's it's really a, a pretty thoughtful thing because i don't want to do it but i i appreciate it when other people do it and you know like the aphid thing yeah i just remember thinking fuck if i had this aphid problem and someone was sharing had this? it and, and, and was shared exactly what they did, even if, right. they, you know what I mean? So I was like, I want to put that out there. If someone else is running into this issue and they can come across just like Dragonfly Earth Medicine did. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have some information. We're going to put it out there. Yep. And if it's helpful, do you great. Um, and so I want to be, I want to pass that on. Um, mm-hmm. so. But it's the same thing with cannabis consumption. Like if you come from a culture where you have friends who consume, like you just share these tips, like you learn how to use the bowl, you learn how, you know, whatever. And if you're kind of isolated and maybe you're trying to use cannabis and you don't talk about it with people, you don't have any of those tips. So I've just sort of tried to be like a little transparent about like, oh yeah, I've been doing this and that works really well for me. And people like it. And then people like to chime in and say like, oh yeah, I do that too. Or I do this thing. So yeah, Evan, I think like I do it for that exact reason. Like I sort of am willing to be vulnerable because I think that it does help people. Like we got to do it on, you know. Day you willing to give it two, three day, days? Day, depending day on how many we got to do it. Yeah. You know, uh, and now I'll just you know some of my genetics finish earlier. I'll just start with those. We'll start on the ones that finish at fifty-eight, and then we'll work our way to the ones that are making their way to seventy. And um, I just I don't think that the the day is, you know, the exact day is as critical as I used to believe it was. So we just spread it out. We just kind of concentrate people on those days, and then we. But get it is for the routine of it, I suppose. Yeah. You know, if you've got yourself built into that, then that's perfect. Uh, yeah. But now as time's gone on, it, I, so it's like having a firstborn. You kind of <laughs> attend to every break possible. Absolutely. Second one, like, yeah, whatever. This kid will be fine. I, yeah, I've done As I've, long as you do it within the... I've played around sure. pruning in default a lot. I've done, you know, I'm just always doing tests. Like, mm-hmm. how much does it matter? Does it, is it going to affect the, the terpenes or the THC or plant growth, anything? And, you know... It doesn't have a, you can't just not default. How are you it's, judging it's, it after? How do you judge your changes afterwards? How apparent or how easy is that? Well, so I have a bunch of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I obviously measure the yield. 
Um, but I take a photo journal too. I make notes um, and just look at how the plants finish. And like whenever we have somebody new start, like we just, you know, when we got the new expansion, we had a couple people start helping out. And what I have them do is I have them mark a few plants. This is going to be your plant all the way through. No one else is going to do a default on this. So here's how I want you to default. Do one a little more than you think you should. Do one yep. a little less and then see how it goes. Um, to try to get a sense of like how you think it's going to finish. Cause it really is like, it's, you know, there's no, exactly I gotta say it's a fair, fair thing to say that you're learning a lot of it too, because of new genetics or new plants, new plant structures every day. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's only so much, honestly, you could have seen in, in roughly three years yeah. or something. Yep. And you know, so that's going to be fun for you. Absolutely. That's going to be great seeing that come out every day. Are there, are there particular strains that you're attracted to more now or genetics that you're attracted to more as as time's gone on? Yeah. Um, or flavors. Are you growing for flavors for yourself or definitely a fruity guy? Are you? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like a, well, say it. (laughs) I, I I mean, does that mean tending towards the GMOs and and, and the funk strains? No, not a fan. It's not that I, no, no, I said, it's not that I don't like them, Yep. but like the new stuff coming out, that's like these crazy, like, you know, I got a strawberry sour Larry right now. Oh yeah. Yes. I saw. Well, you know, first one, I'll be honest. It didn't come out as well. No, no, no. It has no, just like you said, you're learning every day. It's got almost no stretch. You turn yeah. it into flour and it's going to maybe increase height 25%. And I put it next to my kush cake, which just about doubles. So I, I couldn't get it the light that it wants to get because I'd be burning the kush cake. So you're learning like what plants can I put next to each other in the yep. farm? Yep. So it didn't, it didn't get the light it should have gotten. And um, we just tried it last night and I took one hit and I was like, this is super harsh. <laughs> um, and there's no strawberry. <laughs> no, no. No, but I got it as a cut and the guys that I got it from... Reeks of strawberry, so I know it's in there, and I got to get it out. I right. did. I did um, like the effects, though. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it didn't have a ton of flavor, but I enjoyed it. I lost my ability to speak coherently for about twenty minutes. Yes, I, was, I did. I was like on my computer. That was the effect. I was like, <laughs> you know, some strains make you very like scramble-headed. Like, like is that what you were feeling off this? Yes, but yeah. I sort of like that Sour. at the end of the day because I don't want to pay attention to anything anyway. You oh. Know what I mean? Yeah, right. It was that effect. So it's not start your day off kind of stuff. No, no not like that. I was, I was trying to finish up some work to get rid of, and, and like, you know, dinner was just about ready, and I'm like trying to finish some stuff up, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, like, what, what am I even doing? Um, anyway. <laughs> um, not responsible stoner. Was, but I like, oh, oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. The, um, yeah, I like, I like the, the flavors, the new flavors that are coming out with the, like this. You know, and sometimes it's like you almost just try stuff based on the name, like strawberry sour lara. That's yeah, awesome. no, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. We have another really one called Golden you? Retriever, which is like not a great name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That is uh, that's not it's a, a good terrible name. name. Yeah, but it's got some good stuff in the lineage, and it's like you know, it's got a kosher cushion there and a chem. And it's like, you know, I want to try to grow that because of its lineage. It's got a dumb name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, do you grab a little um, genetics from West Coast or? The podcast you said that you listened to was out in Washington. That California and Washington obviously got a, uh, ahead of the game. I remember when I was looking at like YouTube videos on growing, mm-hmm. uh, it was from Canada and some doctor from uh, oh, some okay. medical guy, and I, I forget his name, but um, I was B- watching him. The BC Bubble through. Man used to do it. <clears throat> but they were those traditionals. 
are are there are there is there still a good coordination with out west coast east coast or a I, lot of people? I think it exists. I'm not I'm not included in it. I would say I don't know. <laughs> no. No, I think it's kind of um, hard. I don't know if they. I don't. Yeah. Know. I'm always like wondering, like, where's the uh, craft side of the West Coast? You know, it just seems like it's either trap stars or uh, <laughs> uh, very massive brands. You know, like it's, no in between. It's a tough time. It's a tough thing in the industry to get your genetics. And honestly, I'm really nervous about bringing anything in. So I have some friends that are, you know, not in the market that yep. I, I use to help. As like nurseries, yeah. in a sense. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Great. I have some. I have one really good connection with some friends, and we, we lean on them pretty hard, honestly. I've always thought that there should be that relationship. That um, it, it does need like a full focus or dedication, it's or really at least hard. a yeah. person or two. Yeah. And so, if it's not really built within how you were already, Correct. how much can you change, and how much do you really want to put on your plate where you don't? It's a. Birdie? It's a real. Different, so it's a worthwhile relationship. It's a real different flow. Yeah. Um. You know, and we've tried to do that. It. it it's just hard and we're not, I'll just say we're not honestly great at it. Um, we're not set up well to do it. Like genetics yeah. has been a pain point for us and we want to do a lot more. You know, we want to have more variety and we want to do our own phenol hunting, but we just don't have physical space to do it. To do it well, it's really hard. And yeah. you're looking at a lot of time in, you know, like taking the cuttings of the parents and making sure you have enough numbers of the ones that work out. And then, you know, just because the first one went great might not mean that the, the next batch of them goes great. So, you, you know, I've heard you don't ever want to take your final selection from the seed. You want to take it from the cutting of the seed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that means it really And I always misunderstood that, or I, I didn't know that before when I was first growing as well. Or, yeah. And for many years, I didn't know that. So it backs up your, your whole veg process. Yep. You need to keep a bunch of stuff in queue in veg based on what's going to happen later. And then even trying to... Um, you know, get results and be like, well, what is, which one's better? And it, it, a lot of it comes down to personal preference. Mm. It's like when we first started doing it, I would like quiz people and I'd be like, okay, I got my opinion and I'm going to like give this to some people and do blind tastes. And the, the feedback you get, it's so subjective. It's but when you have, the place. when you have a great, is, when you it? have a great pheno, everybody pretty much agrees on that. Yeah. That one kind of nails. And yeah. I haven't ever done that. <laughs> I've never really succeeded in my own pheno hunt of like putting out something that's like, this is stellar. There are a lot of I things. I lost one because I made a bad decision and it was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to pick this one cause it's a heavy yielder, but yeah. it's, it's too much. Like it was, it was too much. Like the, the aroma was too much like our, our Kiwi, our ghetto bird. Are you talking about hazelnut? No, it was the Cuban. Oh, the it Cuban. There was, was one pheno of the Cuban. It's which, like the which layer cake. I made the decision because you have to start cutting them. You have to eventually be like, I can't just keep four phenos because I can't make a decision. Right. And then I, it was one of the three that I got rid of and I didn't settle on. And it was like, ah, I had one. And yeah, to be honest, I would say the genetics it is awesome. the hardest the hardest piece of the puzzle being new in the industry. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. You don't have that background knowledge. You don't have that understanding of like, Oh yeah, this strain came from these other strains, which I was familiar with. You know, it's just, um, it's hard and it's hard to source the stuff. And it's, yep. it's not something you can science geek to figure out. It's just not. I kept mm. it around for two rounds and it finished the way it finished on the second round was amazing, but I had already made the decision to cut it in from, from the other plants. And it was like, you don't know until it's done curing. No, and then you don't. I didn't have one. And I was like, oh, 
Yeah, that's 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 anyway, a hard way to learn um, a lesson. It's hard. Yeah. You're bummed about this one, aren't you? Oh, it, yeah, it you still are. Burns me. You'll get one. You'll get one back. <laughs> right we're in the sweet spot. Well, Thanks, Carrie. What Thanks I've, for what I've What I've learned is an appreciation for people that do it and do it really well. It's 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 a hard and it's a different skill set and it's a skill set that I don't have well and I I just I have to use other people. There's so much that you do manage, uh, especially if um, instead of being two, you were just one. And, and so I think right. being able to share that load and make the progress that you've been able to make in such a short period of time, it's because you are two. And, oh. or, and then some. Yeah. But because of what you can do, because there were times when, um, you know, I mean, the business, really the efforts of the business always have an origin in whether it was starting where they dealt out of their kitchen or they mm -hmm. knew somebody who, who could move something. There was always a business that was created out of it. Um, right. and they, but always an evolution. And so you've skipped a you've been able to leap a couple steps forward sure. from really in the time that you should, that you've been doing it. Yeah, I think, had, that, I think it's great, but regardless yeah. of how long you've been in it, there are very few individuals who have gone to that point where they're still cultivating. They're probably, if they are going into genetics and doing breeding, they're probably not a cultivator on this end so much in their flower room duties any longer because it does need that full focus too. I think, I so. think some people do it, but I, it's, it, you know. Some can, like some can. Gonna, There's a good little system. If I was going to have in my company, oh. honestly, I would have to have another room. I'd need more space. Yeah, you would. Like, I, can't, I can't manage that well effectively in in do it the way I would want to do it unless I just had more space. Yeah. Mm. You can't do it. And honestly, like you, you almost need a second brain to be thinking about that all the time. So yeah. does tissue culture allow you to bring back those strains that you lost? Like the ones that you're saying, how you lost some of the pheno, what does a tissue, does a tissue culture allow you to rehydrate, say like a piece of a bud? And I, then from there, I, I don't know. I think you need living tissue, but I'm not, that's what I was I've, wondering. I've never too. done it. I've never done it because I wonder if that's what makes it so expensive. Cause to me, it just, I like, I don't know. That would be amazing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we could bring I, I assume the hazelnut cream would come back. <laughs> what would happen to the golden retriever? <laughs> the golden retriever hasn't has it come out yet. It, yeah, it, we, it has. We and just it, released it. It's it's good, um, but it, it's it's got a weird name. But it's getting really good feedback from people. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're yeah. actually starting this new thing. Um, yeah. We've always gotten feed. We always have like, okay, new strain, give samples to people because, oh right. man, I, okay, I'm going to back up. I'm opening a can of worms. So the whole indica sativa thing, yeah. it's a shit show. Yeah, it is. Shit show. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, no. <laughs> you just wanted team. to make sure that message got out there. Why do you feel that way about, about the sativa indica thing? thing? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm going to keep my train of thought. Right. So we've always just sort of informally have a ton of people smoke it and like, what did you think? How right. are the effects for you? Um, because we understand like you can pop a pack of seeds and a bunch of them in it have indica effects and a bunch have sativa effects and it's not even the same from person to person. But um, this time we actually did something a little more formal and I gave samples to all of our patients and all of the employees and I made a little survey and it was like, did you find the effects to be like neutral or stimulating or like relaxing so i'm trying to like get actual data yes some sort of something uh, study group something whether it's just your group at least reliability you yeah. see trends you absolutely see trends and yep. if i can get feedback from enough people yeah. that's meaningful it's at least meaningful in helping point people in the direction of something that's going to give them the effects they want yep. i think that like 
everything, well, not everything, but most things are hybrids or polyhybrids. And it's like, well, what was the pheno of that that you brought into this when this was bred with that? And then how did that person do the selection and which one did I choose? Um, so I could have a pack of seeds that's supposed to be, you know, a sativa-leaning hybrid. The pheno I choose might not be sativa-leaning sativa hybrid in effect. Yeah. Right. It might look like a sativa, but we've definitely seen it where it's like the way it grows isn't the effect that it gives. And there's, you know, there's just too much hybridization in there to really like look at a pack of seeds or leafly and be like, this is 65% sativa. Yes, um, that actually really upsets me because I feel that that isn't really meaningful. And I feel yeah. the customer depend, they like put so much weight on that. Mm -hmm. and it, it, it's kind of scary though too when you think about it because I don't know if there's ever going to be a generally accepted alternative like, uh, well there I don't know if it, what, even if there was more research that was done and let's say if we were to take it like crazy steps far to the point where like there's you know some type of genetic breakdown of a new strain and you can actually figure out if it does lean sativa or indica but then again you have to think of the cannabis industry as a whole and how it really does question science as it as as a directive because it's right. never really been accurate on cannabis in the past couple decades uh so i don't know that's like that's a good question to pose is if there will be some kind of quantifiable data like you can actually say is it sativa or indica and if people will actually accept that or not but yeah, also like which traits are sativa and which are indica like is it does it does it is the photo period indica like it does it have a short photo period or is it stretchy like the structure of how it grows is for me really important as to whether or not it's a sativa or indica, like how long it's gonna take to finish. And mm -hmm. you know, like, is this thing gonna triple in height when it goes into flower like the, star, the, the strawberry sour larry? Is it not gonna do anything? Yeah, so. Um, those, those traits are really important, but I don't think the customers don't give a shit about that. No. You know, they're looking for the effect. How does this hit me? Right. And so like, you, it's, it's trait-based. It's not just, just sativa or just indica. Right. Um, so I'm, I'll do a little story time. I'm holding up this tincture and we do these like full spectrum RSO strain specific tinctures that have really taken off. Um, and the chocolate bars also are strain specific. So when we, <clears throat> and, and they're all labeled like indica or sativa or hybrid or okay. whatever. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Well, it, it's cool. Is and, it? and the customer likes it. The customer, <laughs> right. like, and here's how it came about. Um, we were at first, we were just making everything strain specific and we would label the strain and then in tiny little letters, we would say like sativa hybrid or indica hybrid or something like that. And mm -hmm. we were selling them like this yeah. and people liked it. They just kind of thought it was cool to like know what strain their edible came from. But then the stores started requesting, oh, do you have any indica chocolate bars? Oh, do you have any tinctures, but we want right. a sativa. So, like, that's kind of how it came about. Like, the market just wanted this because customers are coming in and they're saying, like, oh, I want an edible, but I only want it to be a sativa because I don't want it to put me to sleep. So, like, this is the conundrum that we're in. It's like the customer wants some sort of guidance to know what they're buying and how it's going to affect them. But, like, the, the coding that we have doesn't make sense in that way. No. Did that make sense? You guys are yeah, just staring at me blankly, and I'm like, did I just go on no, a rampage? No, you were going on. You okay. were going on. I was like, I feel go. very passionate about this stuff. I don't know. I've all, I've always been. I know Carrie kind of brushed it off, and I feel like it happens sometimes when it comes to the labeling of of edibles being sativa or indica. I guess the whole labeling system in general can be kind of laughed off. But I do find it kind of cool when you are using a full spectrum. If you're 
maybe it's not even the sativa indica aspect. It's the point of like having a strain specific edible. And I've had conversations with Carrie and other people in the past about how I thought that's a cool idea. I feel like there is some flavor attributes of terpenes in a full spectrum uh, extract that have to complement certain flavor profiles of food. You know, and if you could really start to pair those up or, if, or someone does start to pair those up or I don't know if that's what y'all are doing, but I think it's a cool step to start taking because it definitely adds a whole nother la layer to the edible game. Yeah, yeah. and, and our, our patients do find, and not all of them, but some of them, and you know how cannabis is, everybody's different. Um, they, people say that like the different strains have like different personalities with the high, which actually makes sense because like, you know, there are terpenes in, in the extract. So, but it, the idea isn't necessarily like, oh, this one's labeled a sativa. It's going to guarantee yeah. you an uplifting effect. It's more like, you know, that you like our one eight seven strain right. and mm -hmm. you like that edible. So you'll buy it again. Cause you know that that's, yeah, we started by putting the strain on it. Cause it's like whatever terpene and cannabinoid profile is in there is potentially more specific than whether or not it's just a, it comes from, a, you know, a, a breeding history that says it's supposed to be an indica or it's supposed to be a sativa or mostly mm -hmm. sativa or whatever. So, and we do have a lot of patients which like, you know, say, I need, I need wizard punch tincture to help me sleep. That's the, I need that strain. Um, and it's just more customization. Be, you know, if you're looking yeah. for something specific, if you have options that are all a little different, yeah. then you have more likelihood of finding something. Someday we'll something do like, like a big, huge controlled study and find out like do they have I think in a rosin form there's a difference potentially a difference in the high am I right in thinking that um maybe more strain specific for sure but um sure. but right but sure. uh, okay so that's really emphasizing that and and you do get a lot of customers who want those type of edibles yeah yeah okay oh yeah I thought no, the they... decarb process or or not the decarb okay never mind Sorry, you thought it would burn the terpenes off. Right. It does. And yeah. it burns, like, I actually compare test results of yeah. what, are, what is the terpene profile in the flower and what is the terpene profile in the RSO, the, and what comes in back. the extract. Oh, yeah. Um, you lose some, but mm -hmm. you sure. don't lose it yeah. all. So it's not identical, but it's still different from its sister that's a different strain. Um, so, you know, there's not nothing there. You're using RSO, you said. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tincture. We should have got some Skittles uh, of the RAR beer try because that has the terpenes in it from cookies the cookie skittles oh no kidding yeah and, and i feel like you can kind of well, slightly did taste you drink them all the, <laughs> there, was, there was one that we split um and i going back to i think evan was talking about this um i've tried to engineer this problem because I've heard on like podcasts and stuff that certain terpenes are more associated. Like I thought myrcene was supposed to be like a terpene that was more likely to cause a relaxed effect. Um, you know, like I've heard that kind of stuff. So I started looking at the terpene <laughs> tests of all of our stuff and uh -huh. trying to correlate it and it didn't work at all. So like <laughs> you, you think like, Oh, the science must be out there and I'm sure it is. But like, what we have now, it's not really panning out. Mm, yeah, it's maybe not grouped together where you can actually find this information. Where I'm you actually surprised it's a together. lack, the lack of new information that's come out. I feel, I feel like like with how much industries have grown across like the United States and even in other parts of the world, do you think there would be some new breakthroughs with cannabis? I think it's a tough thing to study because, and especially being an organic grower, like it's really hard to repeat exactly what you do. And I do know that there was some research going on, not just on like, you know, phenotypes, but on what this guy was calling chemotypes. So if I grow the same cut of the same, you know, it's the same pheno, and I grow it in organics, or I grow it in hydro, 
I'm going to get a different result. And then if I grow it in organics with this light intensity or this light intensity or different environments, you have these different chemical expressions of the exact same phenotype. So it's a freaking plant. Like if you grow the same thing 12 times, everything's still a little different every time. And if you're, if you're hydro, I think you do have a, an advantage of, you know, you can dial in and repeat things, you know, pretty close or more, more no, closely than right. we can. We're, 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 we're driving a ship and, in you know steering it in slow motion waiting for stuff to happen that's on us you know we don't have that kind of like uh, i don't know what the word is but like course correction ability um and, you, you don't and have specific, as immediate feedback yeah and like when i'm when we're measuring stuff in we're putting in organic amendments and those those vary pretty significantly <laughs> um so it's different every time and yeah. it's, and it's quantities of what you're putting you. in or periods of when you're putting in no the, i can i can put in a, a, a you know a bag of compost Mm-hmm. And I can put a bag of compost in in the spring, and guess what? I know the one in the spring is going to have more fungus gnats in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. The, the, the quality of the compost—it's—it's it's organic things that are happening that aren't. It's not like you know, if I'm using potassium sulfate and it's 52% potassium, I don't know that. You know, I have guaranteed analysis, which are minimums of some of the things that are in a box. Um, hmm. But other than that, you're 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 working with organic amendments that you put in that you're related. You're relying on, you know, the microbial action of your soil to digest sometime later and make available to your plant. So it's, you know. What would be, do you end up looking at, uh, is there data that you're constantly having uh, produced and returned to yeah. you about your soil? <laughs> of course. From different levels of the top, middle, and no, lower I, I levels? Don't, or no, it's not, so, not to that degree, but. Yeah, yeah, my soil's not really stratified. That seems like overkill to me, but I figured I'd throw it out there. <laughs> okay. I, I do a lot of soil tests. <laughs> I wouldn't uh-huh. put it past it. <laughs> no, no, I, well. We're not, we're not no-till, so we actually. No, tell, I knew that. Okay, yeah. we, we till our beds, so I don't, I don't expect there to be a huge stratification um, so when I take a soil sample, I try to take a core of basically what's going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's definitely more roots up at the top of a bed than there are at the bottom and stuff. But, um, you know, what's the, wait, do you, am I wrong in thinking that you've, uh, that you'll place the plants, like you'll replenish all of the, the bed, correct? No, no. Uh, a, a section of the bed. Yeah, Is basically, we you know we need to be able to fit. You transplant them in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I got okay. I got to dig a hole that's big enough. I to guess put them that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So we take out that soil and you know. Um, what size pots do you end up bringing in? Are they right now? We're in two gallon pots, and because we just changed our schedule, like you know, right now our veg schedule is accelerating. Um, I am I mistaken on this? Is it because you? Oh no no no! You were perpetual at one time. Yeah yeah we were. I am but so that was a while ago. On how much yeah. you know. Well, it wasn't that well, long ago. I mean, it was less than a year ago. Um, it, it was just before the expansion. Are you are you over it? The the shell shock of having not being perpetual anymore? Oh, I'm way over that. <laughs> that <laughs> Does it a, seem like a blessing in disguise in a sense or not? We never chose to be perpetual because we thought it was the best way to grow. It was the best way for us to grow in that facility. Oh, okay. Because the otherwise, bedroom was, was too small. Because of size restrictions, that's it, why? Yeah. It, was, it was workflow. It's trying to get people to come and do default or, or trying to do it myself. I mean, I remember times trying to default a whole room by myself or, you know, it's, it's impossible. So, you know, and you're trying to get help from people and it, it's, it's yeah. too hard. So what we did is we, you know, had a few people and then I can break it up and we're doing a third of a room of this and we're doing a third of a room of transplant. Um, and then the other thing is our bedroom wasn't big enough. So being able to not need a full batch of plants to come out ready to go into flower, I need a third of them. So I could, it, it was really a, out of necessity of just like a workflow issue. 
um, yeah. trying to be able to do everything. Yeah, trying to be able to do... Well, perpetual seems like a good idea, though, too. I mean, if you're constantly, like, if... I know um, grows that now maybe have, say, three to four flower rooms even now. Right. They need to be able to pair up, like, when, when rooms are harvesting. Exactly. That's Either that or you're going to hire more people. That's right. basically the what same you're going to do. You know, yeah. if you had three flower rooms, you're going to offset them, you know, three or four weeks each. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing. Like, Yeah, I, try and keep that ready. Yeah, I just had to have so. them all in one room because I only have one room. <laughs> <laughs> the so, logistics and timing kind of, of like what goes on at a cannabis cultivation facility is oh, yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Like, like, just looking at the amount of, like, organization you need and, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> like the choreography of all the different we crops and having yeah. them together. It wasn't me. No, that looks good. That's sweet. Uh, there's a like smoke wafting in the sunbeams. I was hoping someone would describe it. <laughs> I was just gonna kind of sit here and wait. I'm all here for you, Evan. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming in this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, yeah. guys. It was cool. fun to be on. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. You got to drink Cristal. Buy some red wine. You got your 97. This is for the grown and sexy. Can I get my grown man on for one second? I see some ladies tonight. This should be hanging with Jason. Jason. Excuse me, miss. What's your name? Uh -huh. Can you come hang with me? Possibly. That's right. Can I take you?